Hello, everybody. Welcome to this convention prep episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast. We watch a randomly selected horror movie every week. I'm Bob. And I'm Ben. Hi, Ben. Hey, Bob. <laughs> oh, my God. There's different energy levels because I had a good night at work. Bob did not. Uh, yeah, it was bad, man. It was bad. But we're here starting this recording session at 630 in the morning, so it's going to be great. Yeah, that's late for us. Normally, we start the first one. Not the f- we never record two in the morning. That's a lie. Uh, the first at like six. <laughs> ben usually gets here at six. We normally go, you know, start at six and then are done by four ten. Hopefully, unless it's done a long by movie. Four ten. Done before ten. Oh. Hopefully, <laughs> normally we're done around like, <laughs> I was like nine. Oh my god, I'd quit. <laughs> I just say no. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Anything you want to talk about that's important and or interesting? No. It's hard to keep up with news when we're doing four episodes a week. Yeah, I don't have anything either. I can't. Actually, no, that's not true. I have one thing. I have one thing I want to talk about. I sent you a screenshot of it. Uh, what is it? Th- what is that movie? Is it called Talk to Me? I sent you a screenshot. Apparently, th- it's some fucking horror movie that came out and is absolutely fucking batshit terrifying. It's called. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. I just thought I should bring that up because I've been seeing people talking about it, and I don't want to watch it now. I haven't seen it. I know you haven't seen it. But actually, I have another thing. I lie. I have plenty of things. I'm just stupid and forget that I have them. I usually go, let's save these for the actual episode, and then I forget. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, that's why I always ask because like, I, I got to spill the beans sometimes, you know? Because like, uh, I told you this off the podcast because I kept forgetting. And I, I guess I'll say it on the podcast now. The So One Cut of the Dead, which should be reviewed here. Good movie. Oh, go great movie. Either just watch the actual movie, or if you're feeling generous, go watch our episode after yeah. you've seen the movie. Please watch the episode after the movie. Yeah. Because uh, spoilers. Like, heavy spoilers. Heavy spoilers. But it's great. And it's a pretty recent movie. Like, what, 20... 2016? Yeah, I think it was like 2016. Something like that. Super recent. And for whatever reason, it's getting a remake, like, this year. Yeah. So, what is that? Either five or seven years later? Yeah, like, depending. N- that's really re- really quick. And that's really quick. Now, keep in mind, it's a, it's a foreign film. It's from Japan. Yeah. So, that usually accelerates, like, remakes. I mean, look at the early 2000s with, like, mm-hmm. uh, the J-horror craze where we got a bunch of Japanese remakes. And, you know, that really can speed up the speed of how fast something gets remade for, like, yeah. a different audience, right? And that would make sense if this remake was, like, an American film. I thought, I was wondering when you were going to get to this. But it's not. It's French. Yeah, a French remake of a Japanese film. Is kind of bizarre. It's interesting. We haven't watched, are, is there, are there French horror movies? Of course there's French horror movies. No, but, like, are there? It's France. Are they good? Oh, uh, I'm sure some of them are good. Okay. I didn't know if there were any, like, really famous French ones. Because there's some really famous Italian ones. I mean, keep... Keep in mind, it's France. Like, basically, cinema comes from France. I guess that's true. Brothers, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, point of the being, it's a French remake, which, fine. I have no issue with that. It's just... Interesting. Normally, I'd expect a remake to come from, like, an American studio. Mm -hmm. Because, like, first of all, money. Yeah. But also, like, studios in America know that the average American just doesn't want to read subtitles or watch a movie that's foreign. And so you can make a lot of money by showing someone a good movie just, like, remade in English because mm-hmm. they, they refuse to watch it. It's stupid. Which is stupid, but is a valid way to make money. It's a valid way to make money, but people who do that, I'm sorry, but I hate you. Anyways, the French one, though, is kind of interesting because it doesn't have that reasoning. Because yeah. I can't imagine the French market for film is any bigger than the Japanese market. 
They're probably, probably similar. I would say similar, but maybe not. Probably smaller because uh, Japanese stuff tends to have a, a big market in the States. That's true, actually. Yeah. I was just going off of, like, size. Like, France is bigger than no. Japan. Is it? it? I would assume so. Japan's yeah. a series of islands. France is Well, Japan is a couple islands, but it's one big island. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not good at geography. Uh, yeah, but I think Japan just has more people, though, because the it population might. density is really high. Anyways, long story short, don't know why it's being remade in France, but also, like, super soon after the original. It's just kind of odd to me. I'm going to watch it anyways. Yeah, I want to watch it. We should watch it on the show. But they dropped a trailer recently, and I watched it. Ooh. And it it looks like a higher budget version of the original. Hmm. Like, the trailer looks pretty accurate. Like, some scenes I was like, ooh, this isn't, like, scene for scene, but it's very close. Then what's the point of making it? But just it? French. Like, there's a French vibe to it. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. But it's still, like, super, super close. And so, having seen that, I'm wondering, like, how close of a remake it's going to be. Because there's, you know, there's some super, super close remakes that are scene for scene. Mm-hmm. And then there's some that are wildly different and i'm leaning towards it's going to be super super close which isn't a bad thing as long as they add new stuff to the film that's what i'm wondering is if like if it's too if it's too close the original is so good why would you make it but then in either case even if there's enough unique things and i appreciate that and i like it if it's super similar it's going to come to that point of why was this made because it's only been a couple years. Yeah, and the original still fucking slaps. Like, even, like, you could look at something like Halloween and go. I mean, they did it. They made Rob Zombie made a remake of that. That's an old film created in a different time. So remaking it has some value Money to modernize too. it. Well, that, but also to modernize it and make it more applicable to a modern yeah. audience. That, One Cut of the Dead is so new that, like, it doesn't even have that benefit. Right, and Rob Zombie takes it and does a super different spin on it. Yeah, not uh, one that I like. But it's different. It's different. And I'll just have to see with this film. I'm excited, actually, about that. It's cool, but we'll have to see because I'm... I don't have mixed feelings on it. No, I'm... It's cool <laughs> either way just because that film has some technical stuff in it that's pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. That'll be cool to see even if it is scene for scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just like... I'm cautious. Cautious, yeah. That's probably the best word. I, I worry that it might not live up at expectations, but hopefully it's still cool. Okay. Uh, I have one thing I want to oh. talk about. Oh, French... It's called Final Cut. Oh, it's just called Final Cut. Yeah, it's a different name, but thought I'd mention that now. Anyways, go ahead. So I had a friend over, and we were just hanging out. We were kind of bored. So I threw on, I have some Blu-rays from the show. I threw on Splinter again. I haven't rewatched that since we watched it on the show. Who was it? You can bleep their name or just mouth it. I mean, he doesn't, his name is Wyatt. I'll just say his first name. No one really knows who that is. I don't know who that is. Yeah, you you don't even know. It's true. I don't hang out with Wyatt that often. He was over Sunday. Sunday night, we all played board games, and he slept over, and then we hung out the next day. Fair enough. But I rewatched Splinter for the first time since we watched it on the show. I appreciate that film a lot more now. Is it the practical effects? Yeah, man. Well, Those... Hey, go watch Splinter, and then go watch our episode. Yeah, go watch that movie. <laughs> that movie fucking, like, I was surprised by how much I, like, I was like, wow, this is actually way cooler now that I have a lot more, like, stuff to build a retrospective on about that film. Yeah. The movie uh, slaps, man. For anyone who wants to know, the big selling point of that film are practical creature effects. Yeah. They're really great. They're if, awesome. If you like practical effects for, like, creature stuff, mm-hmm. I know some people think they look, like, goofy. Yeah. And that turns people off. But if you're a fan of it, that's a really good movie uh, a, oh. for that little itch. I literally saw, like, one of the bodies, and I went, God damn, that's good. I was like, Fuck. I know which one he's talking about. Yeah, you know exactly which one I'm talking about, bro. It's so fucking cool. 
Oh, anyway, All yeah, right. go check out that movie. It's super good. I think that's it. Okay. Now we can finally get to the podcast part of the podcast. Woo. All right, so don't even need the intro this, but we're doing Hatchet 2 today. Oh, fuck yes. And then, you know, we got 3 and Victor Crowley coming up. Oh. Uh, but Hatchet 2 is a 2010 film. I'm so excited. So it's, what, four years four after years, the original? Man. 2006. So it's been a little bit. Although I will say, from what I could find, and I couldn't find a lot again, because I, I think a lot of the information for this film is on the Blu-ray and stuff. But it seems to be a lot of the same crew as the first film. Okay. It was kind of like a big thing for the director to have him back. But, description, time to go back to the bayou. <laughs> Wait, I just thought about this. What? You scammed me. Why? This could have been in swamps. No. But it could have. But it wasn't going to be. That's upsetting. Because <laughs> That's that really upsetting. wouldn't have made sense. Okay. I think I I explained this to you, I think, off the podcast, but I'll explain it to the audience now who are watching this non-board episode, so this explanation is going to probably be buried. But, you know, I create the lists for what goes on board spots. You yeah. Know, whether I'm doing, like, one movie per spot or multiple movies or whatever. But one of the things I probably never going to do is put a a sequel or like some later movie in a franchise in a board spot because that requires pre-knowledge yeah but we appreciate that film watched hatchet yes but for like the audience perspective that's not great because like that means the audience has to go back and probably watch however movies there were before that yeah that's fair i guess which I mean, in the case of Hatchet, that's one movie. But what if I had a spot and I was like, let me throw Friday 12 on here. God and then I was damn. like, now you have to go watch a bunch. <laughs> one through 11. Right. Um, that's not a good example because Friday 12 is a remake. But, or a soft reboot. But I think the point still stands. Of, I think that's a bad precedent to set. Okay, that's fair. Additionally, and this is like a double whammy for Hatchet, we watched Hatchet as a, a special holiday episode. Okay, yeah. And so that's also a weird thing of going... Hey, I know you watched the board, uh, but you gotta go watch this special episode to appreciate this one. I will say it's like our best performing video. Like, oh. yeah, it's a very well performing episode. So I don't think anyone would mind. No, but it's kind of like a bad precedent. I think. Okay, that makes sense. I'm just, I'm just salty that swamps has not been a better category. That's all. No, oh, I mean, yeah, like if we hadn't watched Hatchet already, Hatchet would have been a spot. Oh, and since we already have done two spots, probably Hatchet one, two, three, four. Would all have been right there. <laughs> nice. Uh, but we're knocking those out now, so it, it evens out. We yeah, it does even at out. At about the same time. All right. Length, it's an hour and 25 minutes long. Okay. According to IMDb, the ratings are, which is a little iffy because I assume that means there's an R-rated version. I also know there's an unrated version. Oh. We're probably going to be watching the R-rated version today Bleh. because I'm not sure if we can find the unrated version. Like, I hope not we can on Blu-ray. find the unrated version, but we probably can't. I want it. But we're probably not going to watch it. I hate movie ratings sometimes. It's fine. It's just, just you, you know. There is an interesting thing I found about that, though. Of you know what's the fun part about unrated films? What? Movie theaters don't like to play them. Yeah, we talked about this. But it's still better than NC-17 films. Oh, yeah. Which they just straight up won't play. From what I could find, and I, c- I couldn't find a lot of information on this, but I, I found enough to feel comfortable saying it. Apparently, this film was being shown at a bunch of theaters unrated i think it was um the director made a deal with like amc oh hell yeah where he was like hey we want to screen this film here will you let us and amc was like sure it's unrated whatever uh we like the film so we'll let you screen it there and it only screened for like a handful of days before they were like uh this is a little too much (laughs) 
and it got taken down from basically every theater. And you're going to make us watch the R-rated version today? I'm not going to make us. I'm just like, we probably can't find it. A lot of R- like unrated films usually can only be found in that format on like DVD or Blu-ray. I'm going to have to buy so many unrated Blu-rays. That's all I have to say. Versus like the standard like movie theater TV cut is usually the one that streams places. Same thing with director's cuts. Like yeah. I love me a director's cuts. I think they're they're not always as good as the theatrical cuts, but a lot of times it's fun extra content. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times they're hard to find on like streaming platforms and stuff, which is where we we have to watch films for the podcast most of the time. But like you can get them super easily on like Blu-ray. Yeah, I, all I'm saying is I'm just sad that we might not get to watch the unrated version of this film. It's availability issues, but we'll mention it if we can find it. Yeah, hopefully. Anyways, review scores. IMDb gave it a four point five point four out of ten. Okay. Tomato Meter gave it a forty two percent and okay. audience score gave it a thirty six percent. Jesus Christ. It's about the same as Hatchet. Yeah. I just was look, I I guess I assume people who are watching it are people like me. No. Who enjoy the first film so much. No, I mean like the tomato meter score. And the audience score are a little bit lower than on Hatchet because it's a sequel. So that's just a, a standard thing. But, I mean, no, the the average audience for this film is not the intended audience for this film. That's fair. Just because, I mean, the, I think most people would stumble on this film and go, oh, it's like a Friday the 13th knockoff. Going to watch it. And then it's like a bad Friday the 13th knockoff. But that's the charm, Benjamin. And understandably, that's probably worth a, a 40% or whatever. But if you're in the intended audience, you go, oh, yeah, there's some issues with these films, but they're totally on purpose, mm-hmm. and that's fun. Which, um, I mean, that's a good way to bring this up. If you haven't seen our Hatchet review, no for Hatchet 2, because we always recommend you go watch that before you listen to our, our actual review of the film. Mm-hmm. But this is a film intended for people who love, like, B-movies and very specifically, like, B-movie slashers and, like, not Grindhouse specifically, but, like, cheaper kind of horror films, like V8 stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of intentional, don't want to say issues. Gags? But, like, quality homages. Yeah, yeah. That are very reminiscent of stuff from those, like, styles of film. <laughs> Which, if you don't like those styles of film, are just like, this is bad. Oh, but I love them. But if you, if you know going in and you like those things, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of a, a horror film made for horror nerds. Especially because there's a lot of, like, references and cameos mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, awards, it has four nominations. Notable actors. Now, I'm specifically going to be mentioning new actors and not anyone who returns. Okay. Well, Kane Hodder. Okay, he's still here. Is, We're still know, good. Okay. Victor Crowley. Nice. I, You know what I mean. Yeah, I yeah, wasn't yeah. going to mention that, but I, I just did. Well, yeah. But that's, that's, a, that's my standard thing for sequels, is I usually won't mention mm-hmm. who is in it. And who's going to reappear. A, because sometimes there's, like, spoilers in that. Yeah. Like, spoiler for the Halloween franchise <sighs> when um Donald Pleasant shows up yeah. in Halloween 4. Oh, And it's like, oh, my God. Look, if he's in Halloween 6, I'm going to lose my shit. That's all I have to say, because he uh, should be dead now. <laughs> all right. First one. Daniel Harris as Mary Beth Dunstan. Oh. She played Tosh Guarneri in Urban Legend. Who's Daniel Harris, Bob? <laughs> A lot of different people, Ben. But who did we last see her as? Uh, Last? Yeah. Jamie in Halloween 5. Yeah. I had to think about it. She's been in a lot of stuff lately. We've been watching a lot of films with her in them. Yeah. It's interesting to think about. She's probably one of the characters that's been in the most Halloween films. Yeah, she's in Rob Zombie's 
Halloween one and two, mm-hmm. and then Halloween it's, four and five. As That's far as four you know. of them. Yeah. Well, Loomis is in one two. Well, he's not in three. He's only one two four. He was in five. Not one two four. One yeah. two four five. Oh yeah, yeah, so they're both in four. She might be in six. She's probably in six. Yeah, as far as you know. Yeah, unless they kill her immediately. But I do want to mention that one because it's a different actor than the first film, which yeah. was Tamara Feldman. I s- I'm pretty sure that's uh, the lady with the purse gun. Yes. Yeah, okay. Who is obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the exact reason. I think it was medical stuff. Oh. So. That sucks. But, I, I mean, Daniel Harris kind of looks similar. They, I mean, black-haired woman. I know, but they they, they also do kind of look similar. You're right. I've seen this stuff. She does a good job. Next. Tom Holland as Bob. Not that Tom Holland. I was like, no fucking way. Not that Tom Holland. In 2010, Tom Holland was like 11 years old. Yeah. Nah, this is old Tom Holland. Old Tom You'll hear me make this joke again with Tom Holland uh, because he's a horror guy. The bigger franchise he's associated with is Child's Play. Oh. Uh, He was the director of the first one. Oh, that's really cool. Now, I think it's important to mention that he isn't a part of the group that is responsible for, like, all the Child's Play films. Okay. He's just responsible for the... like, he just worked on the first one. But I've heard the first one's, like, the best one. Probably. Because, I mean, like, first one. Yeah. But he was only, like, one of three writers. Okay. And he was the director. That's cool. So, yeah, no, it's cool. I just want to stress, like, he's not, like, it's not his baby in the same way it is the other guys who are responsible yeah. for the Child's Play films. I bet you he was pissed when Tom Holland got cast as Spider-Man. <laughs> he was like, God damn, these young sons of bitches. Now, um, I will say, Tom Holland signed off on the... Child Play remake. So Oh, that's real cool. How nice. Okay. Well, I don't. was gonna say let when we get to the Child's Play remake, you can let that color your view of Tom Holland. <laughs> oh, okay. Well Tom John Carpenter was like, Yeah, Rob Zombie, do your own thing. And those movies were the first one's okay. The second one's we bad. We can have a child's play like debate once you've seen Child's Play. Really? I'm that is what Because I'm like I'm trying not to talk about too much because I'm like super familiar with the franchise. Mm. I mean, I've and seen the, one of them. Uh, probably the first one, right? Nope. Which one? Bride. Oh, it's a weird one to start with. I it was not a, my choice. And you probably ben. only saw some of it, right? No, I watched the whole thing. Really? It's not scary. Wow. It's just an interesting movie. Yeah, it's not funny. Uh, it's not a scary one. Yeah, I I, I don't want to get into a big child's play uh, talk because that's like a super interesting franchise, and there's a lot of like background stuff going on. Yeah, that's one of those ones that I really want to cover, but I'm so scared of the first one because I think good. I'll cry. It's good though. Yeah, I've heard it's very good. Got a cute kid actor in it though. There's like adorable. Okay. But does like a good job. Oh wow, that'll be nice. All right, R A Mihailov. M I H A I L O F F. Why'd you say H like that? H H. Cool whip. Cool. Well, no, that's not cool whip. That's just cool whip. H is just, like, not American. Yeah, I know. It's like how uh, British people say Z for Z. Mm-hmm. Or put U in the word color. Well, that's a common a U thing. in armor. See, the that makes more sense, though, because that's how it was originally spelled. I don't care. And then we spell it without the U. You know why, right? No. When we is it when America went fuck you we're not British anymore no we changed the spelling it, no it's the it's it's probably the most American thing ever okay back in the day when we were like using like when we were printing and like newspapers and stuff yeah it was more expensive to use more letters <laughs> <laughs> that is very American mm-hmm. that's awesome that's why a lot of our spelling is just like 
standard British truncated spelling. Truncated British spelling. But just minus letters that would have made it make probably slightly more sense. God bless America. I love this country. But he's playing Trent, and um, I'm going to spoil this for you now because you wouldn't have gotten it otherwise. Okay. He plays Leatherface, and Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Oh, so okay. He, he's a Leatherface actor. Texas Chainsaw 3, huh? Yeah. Okay. Not 2. I know you like 2 a lot. I do like 2. Now, 3 probably has the coolest promo ever. Really? Yeah. Okay. Which I I doubt we'll watch the promo we when we get to that episode. We might do it after? If it's cool enough? I mean, I Is can, it cool enough? It's pretty cool. We might um, watch it after. I mean, I could just tell you, but... I, I don't... Or do you just want to watch it when we get well, to the movie? Ha- Is spoiler? No. Sure, what is it? It's, like, kind of an unrelated scene <laughs> awesome. to the movie. It's just really cool. Okay. Leatherface. Oh, wait. Spoiler, guys. If you don't want to hear this cool promo thing, because you can go watch that right now. True. It's, like, a minute long. There's just a, a short clip of Leatherface pulling a chainsaw out of a lake like it's fucking Excalibur. Oh, my <laughs> God. That is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> so cool. All right. Next, A.J. Bowen as Layden. He's Crispian in You're Next. Ed Ackerman as Cletus. Is that the... Who is Ed Ackerman? I don't think anyone you'd know. That name is familiar. I don't know why that name's so familiar. I don't think it's anyone you'd know, Bob. Okay. Sorry. I just... The name stunned me. He played Jason in Frozen. Not the animated Frozen. A scary movie Frozen? The scary movie Frozen, yeah. Okay. We've already talked about this film, this <laughs> we podcast. talked about it a little bit. Uh, just a little bit. Yeah, we talked about it on this podcast. Yeah. Okay. You remember? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Colton Dunn as Vernon. He played Garrett from Superstore. Uh, he was on 113 episodes from 2015 to 2021. I never watched that. It looked mildly okay. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of one of the like those office-based kind of shows. Yeah. Where it's like a workplace. Yeah, but it's just like a Walmart drama comedy. Is it a Walmart or is it like a it's not Costco it's, kind of thing? I don't know. It just looked like it could be a Walmart. I mean, it's a superstore. It's so a superstore, yeah. Basically, yeah. Catherine Fiore as Cheyenne Crowley. Uh, she played Jane in, you know how there's sometimes? Wait, well, the movie she played Jane in is The Hottie and the Naughty. I hate that name. Uh, yeah. That name is ass. Yeah. You know how sometimes there's movies where you you see stuff about them and you're like, what? Who let this get made? Oh, it's one of those, huh? Yeah. Oh no. It's um it's a film I'm just gonna describe this to you right now. Okay. <laughs> it's a film about two best friends. One's really pretty and one's not. Wow. <laughs> How creative. The hot, the quote unquote hot one, I think is Paris Hilton. Okay. That makes this was sense. like the early two thousands. And then the other one is probably someone equally as hot. Yeah. But the whole thing is they put, like, the most disgusting, like, over-the-top, like, makeup stuff they can do on her oh without making her, like, monstrous. And it's just, like, over-the-top and mean in, like, the most effed-up way possible. That's uh, fucking ridiculous. And to make it better, the main character of that movie, and this is actually really relevant to Hatchet, oh. the original one, okay, is played by Joel David Moore, who played the main character of Hatchet, Ben. Oh, okay. Who is just kind of a sleaze in that movie. <laughs> awesome. Jesus not, Christ. Not a great movie. Would never talk about it, except the fact that that character's in it. And um, a character from the first film is in it. Yeah. So that's kind of... Shit comes around. It's kind of funny. Emma Bell as Parker O'Neill. She's in Final Destination 5 as Molly. So oh, 
We need to you get know, there. Character from a franchise I like. All we right. Need to get there. Uh, writer director is Adam Green. Same guy as last time. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. He also directed 15 episodes of Holliston uh, between 2012 and 2018. According to IMDb, kind of confusing because the show, the last season, looks like it ended in 2013. Huh? But I'm not sure where this. I think there must have been some content that came out in 2018. Yeah, or they brought it back for something. But there's no, like, extra season listed. I don't know. The last episode produced looks like it was made in 2013. But a couple actors were also listed as having been on stuff between 2012 and 2018. I don't know. Either it's one mass error or something else. Thought I should mention it. Uh, Budget estimated at (laughs) $800,000. Still less than a million, baby. Uh, Box office, $156,000. One hundred and ninety dollars, but roughly, yeah, not great, but essentially a limited release film. Yeah, I mean, this was never gonna be like a major release film. No, like a hatchet film, just for like what it is. But I wanted it to be. But it kind of sucks because it released in a lot of places before getting <laughs> taken down. Uh, I heard from somewhere, and I can't substantiate this at all. Um, but it was like the most widely released unrated film since. I think Dawn of the Dead. Holy shit. I mean, Terrifier 2 probably beat that. And Terrifier 2 probably beat that, yeah. But, like, god damn it. Terrifier 2 100% beat that. It definitely did. That movie was fucking everywhere. Probably the most released unrelated film, I guess, ever. Yeah, I mean. If I had to, like, guess without looking at paper. I was seeing, like, ads for it in theaters. Because it was, I think it, like, basically every theater for a while, which is is insane. Crazy for an unrated film. At least in the States. Country of Origin, United States. Uh, The alternative title is Adam Green's Hatchet 2. Okay. Pretty basic. Uh, tagline, hold on to all your pieces. <laughs> I'm maniacal laughing because I'm really excited to watch this film. I know you are. Oh, you know what would be tragic, Ben? I'm sorry to interrupt you again. What is bad? <sighs> this is like a Return of the Living Dead Part 2 situation, and I just want to blow my brains out by the time the film's over. Well, I mean, it's the same, like, director and everything. Yeah, I know, but, like, what if they just, like, made it real goofy for no reason? I mean, the first film was kind of goofy. No, but I mean for, like, no reason. Yeah, but, like, so it's the same director and writer, so tonally it's probably going to be very similar. I hope it's coherent. They made the first film. Look, all I'm saying is I don't want a Goosebumps episode where they get lost in the swamp, okay? Well, you know, if we open up and we're following children around, that's how you know. Goosebumps. That should be your your next category on the board. Goosebumps? (laughs) Goosebumps? No, my next category, I've already picked it, and it's scary. Ugh! It's scary, Ben. My next category is very scary. It's goosebumps. It's a much better category than swamps. It's not a high bar. It's okay, it's not a high bar, but but I know you'll like some of the movies in the category. That's good. Anyways, first fact. First fact of the day. I don't have a lot. I mean, yeah. In fact, I have two. <laughs> Apparently, so sometimes you have films that go through a lot of hoops to keep, like, the details of the scripts under wrap. Okay. That's actually, like, a very common thing nowadays with the internet. That makes sense. It's very easy for, like, stuff to go from, like, on set to just in the wild. Yeah, isn't (laughs) bringing back Tom Holland, didn't he get in trouble for, like, leaking a bunch of Marvel stuff on the internet on accident? Uh, Yeah, he has issues. Young Tom Holland has issues uh, keeping his mouth shut about certain things. I think because he gets excited or he just forgets he's not supposed to talk about stuff. He just talks about things during like interviews and he's just like, this is common knowledge, right? And everyone's like, you guys guys know this happens in this movie that hasn't come out yet? (laughs) Which I totally get. That's completely fair. It's just funny. 
But no, like people leaking scripts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is pretty common and it is very frustrating. Mm hmm. Because um, it can impact, like, how a film does, but it can also get people to, like, overhype or, like, crap on a film before it comes out. Yeah. And then there's worse stuff, like, uh, what was that, Halloween? Uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween? Where, like, oh, yeah. The, the um... What was it? It's the cut right before the theatrical cut. Yeah, it has a name. You told me, and I can't remember. The one they used at, like, screenings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that got leaked online. Yeah. Anyways, leaks are an issue nowadays with the internet. But uh, this film went through a bunch of hoops to, like keep details of, like, the script and stuff under wrap. Mm-hmm. And so apparently the crew didn't receive copies of the script until, like, they needed to, like, film. And the mo- majority of the cast only received, like, select pages where their lines were on. God damn! Additionally, like, fake scripts, fake endings, and uh, fake storylines were circulated. What the around. fuck? Not, like, on stage, but, like, the industry. They went through so many things to keep this secret. On top of that, like, no visitors or guests were allowed near the set. During filming. That's crazy. Okay, it sounds crazy, but it's not. That's actually pretty common now. Especially with horror films, where you can have, like, twists and turns and surprises and all that. And in franchises, it's fine in first movies because no one cares. But in franchises where people care a lot, it's like, ooh. Yeah. Someone's digging. I guess I do care a lot. And I wouldn't want... Look, I I see spoilers for movies. If someone somehow spoiled Hatchet 2 to me, that might be the most upset I'd be. Yeah. Because well, I'm just like, I want to see this movie. It excites me. Don't you dare. But imagine if it got spoiled for you before the film came out. Yeah. That's frustrating. But That's much more frustrating. Some fans, some fans are into that. But that's frustrating for some fans and also, like, everyone who works on the film. That's that's really upsetting. Uh, that happened for Scream 4? Oh, did, like, the killer get leaked or something? Like, who it ended up being? Well, if I remember right, there was multiple fake scripts made to prevent that. And someone leaked the real one. Oh, I that think that's blows. We get the scream. I, I might be able to talk about it again because I'm just going off like yeah. memory. But there was a frustrating situation with that film. Because, again, big series. People care about it. So yeah. people are digging. Uh, it's, a, it's also a big issue with like all the Marvel films and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. people want to know. And then my last fact is that, you know, Adam Green, we talked about it on the original Hatchet episode. But one of his other films is called Frozen. It's the ski lift film. Ah, uh, yes, you know, yes, 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 yes. And stuff. Um, that came out in 2010, same year as this film. Oh. They, he was working on him at about the same time. And in fact, it was kind of up in the air for a little bit, whether he'd write and direct Hatchet 2. Oh, because wow. Because he had already committed to that. But because there was like some conflicting issues, the filming of Hatchet 2 was split into two parts, with huh. filming for Frozen stuck in between. That is interesting. So they filmed some of it before he had to work on Frozen, and then some of it after. Okay. This huh. is interesting. All right, that's all I got. All right, I uh, I guess we'll see you guys after the movie. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching Hatchet 2. Woo. <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down, Bob, right now. Up? What do you mean? I think that was expected from up. the audience and myself. Up. All right. If it was down, I would be so upset right now. Fair. I would be so <laughs> upset right now. You wouldn't say anything for the rest of the recording. We've had so many shitty movies lately, dude. Like, not, I mean, not so many. Just a just a handful or two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I guess uh, I'm gonna go into description. Yeah. Sure. Like plot rundown. As always, go watch the movie before I give this plot rundown because 
spoilers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Got to spoil the whole film. So it's not that complicated, man. No. But cold open, it starts off right where the last film left off. We almost did With watch like it. yeah. Shut up, Bob. I'll get to that. <laughs> Ow, don't kick me, fucker. <laughs> Fuck you. Interrupted me, ass. <laughs> um, I didn't know if you were going to mention it or not. I was, but okay. you, you ruined my thunder. I'll, I was going to get... Fuck I'll, you. I'll cut it. Crazy train crashed. All right. Basically, it starts off right where the last film uh, ended with Victor Crowley, just his screaming face. And it would have been a great, like, shocking opening. See, this was my transition. I had it planned out, you bitch. Okay. It would have been a great, like, shocking opening. Because I think it was shocking for you for you when you saw it. Yeah. For the first time. Except for whatever reason, when we clicked play on the movie, it started us at the, like, the intro credits. Yeah. Which happened after the cold open. So about seven, ten minutes in. Yeah. Uh, so we, I had, I realized pretty quickly, mm-hmm. like three minutes. But well, you later. looked at the movie and said, "We're not fifteen minutes into this movie. What the fuck?" Well, no, I realized I was like, I knew about. I, I've seen this film, so I knew the cold open. Yeah. Um, and I was like, we haven't seen this. I don't think it was a flashback later on in the film. What's happening? I checked and I was like, we are not fifteen minutes in. Mm-hmm. It did sound funky. Uh, so by the way, heads up for that. If you're watching this on, we watched it on Amazon. It's free there if you have Prime. Good idea. But it starts off right where the last film ends ended with Victor Crowley just screaming at Mary Beth as she pops up out of the water. And obviously at the end of the first one, it's implied that like he kills her. But yeah. in this one, Mary Beth takes her thumb and shoves it in his eye. And so he just falls out of the boat and just disappears. Yeah. Assumedly, he, how Victor Crowley works, we might as well establish this right now because it's well established in the first film. And I'm assuming you've watched that. Yeah. This Th- is the second one. That's the basis here. He's a ghost. And in this film, they give him the name of, like, a repeater. But the idea is he he repeats the night of his death over and over and over and over and over again every single day, which torture, because it happened, like, had to a be while like ago. Half a century, maybe. Yeah. 40, 50 years. Because Robert Ingham, old. Mm-hmm. And he looked old in this film. It is, like, late 50s. But anyway, Victor Crowley repeats his death over and over and over again. But he's, like, a physical ghost. So yeah. he's basically like a living person, but just like trapped in an endless cycle. Mm-hmm. And point being is you can hurt him and you can kill him, but assumedly like his body despawns. Yeah, he just gets back up. I don't even think he gets back up. I think he just like poofs out of existence when no one's looking at him. You did make a, you made a fucking spawn camping reference in the middle of I time stamped it. Middle of the episode. I think he just despawns when you walk away from him. And then he just reappears back somewhere. And then he reappears probably back at his house because that's where he died. Yeah, or, or the somewhere swamp. in the swamp because he's, uh, he's spawn locked into that region. <laughs> Anyways, I- I'm pretty sure she like thumbed his eye yeah. and he just drowned because he, just he fell disappears. He always be doing that though. I know, but like only like when he's sneaking up on someone. Yeah. He disappeared in the middle of a chase, which Not is why I'm like, he probably drowned because of like the paint because he takes damage. Yeah, he does. Anyways, she gets picked up by Jack Cracker. Jack yeah! Piss-drinking psychopath. It's not a psychopath. He is piss-drinking, though. He is piss-drinking. And, you know, he gets her in his little canoe and takes her back to his house, and he, he tries to help her and, like, be like, all right, well, you're lucky to be alive. I'm always warning people not to go in the swamp, and they're like, Jack Cracker, you're crazy. It's true. He does. He's like, here, take this. It's warm. Gives her his piss jug. She almost drinks it a couple times. It's. I was very scared she was going to drink the piss. But eventually she's like, she tells him it, her name, Jack Cracker her name. 
She's like, Mary Beth Dunstan. When she says her last name, Jack Cracker freaks out. It's yep. like, get out of my house. Get out now. Takes his shotgun. It's like, you walk down that road. You leave. Kicks her out. Kicks her out. And then, you know, spoiler here, Jack Cracker gets murdered. <laughs> it's a good one, too. It's a good one. And it's implied that, like, he gets killed specifically because he helped out Mary Beth. Yeah, he even, like, goes, like, I, I didn't do nothing about it. I didn't know her name. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, uh, which is, like, a cool thing because mm-hmm. for how long Jack Crackers lived there, it's implied that he was safe. Yeah, Jack Cracker was chilling. And so he fucked up once, and it's like, boom. Got crowleyed. Because, assumedly, he lives probably outside, what is it, something? Oh, like, honey something, honey dump, honey dump. Island, Honeydew Island. I don't know. It's some. Basically, it has a dumb the name. swamp has a name, yeah. and Victor Crowley's bound to the swamp. And I'm not sure what Jack Cracker's deal is, but assumedly he lives outside the swamp. Yeah, he was safe before. Anyways, when Jack Cracker banished Mary Beth <laughs> and saved her life, because he's a great, yeah. piss drinking man, even if he did it unintentionally, he was like, "You go talk to Reverend Zombie," because she was like, "What? What's wrong? Why are you like freaking out?" And Reverend Zombie is. Tony Todd. Yeah, he had a small cameo in the first movie. It's yeah. great. And so Mary Beth basically wanders back into New Orleans <laughs> and is able to talk to Reverend Zombie and is like, tells her about the boat and everything, which, you know, Reverend Zombie's upset. Not because people died or his employee, Sean. Also uh, died. But because he lost a boat. Look, boats are expensive, man. Fair. That was not an expensive boat, though. No, absolutely not. I can't imagine... Reverend Zombie spending money on anything. That boat was probably less than a thousand dollars. He might have stolen that boat. He probably did steal that boat, or just wanted to give like rigged blackjack. Yeah, but through a combination of blackmail and everything else, Mary Beth is able to convince uh, Reverend Zombie to basically help her go back into the swamp. And Mary Beth implies that she's doing it solely to like retrieve her family's bodies. Yeah. Who we see die in the cold open of the first movie. What Her dad's... Uh, Robert England. Robert England. But it, she also implies that she's just doing it solely for revenge. Like she's going to kill a ghost. And, um, you know, Reverend Zombie agrees. And he basically goes to gather a hunting party. <laughs> a well, posse, uh, if you will. He insists Mary Beth go and grabs her uncle. And um, basically they reconvene at two the next night. Now, I'm going to mention it here. And, uh, again, spoiler warning here. Because it's a funny joke. You're not expecting it. It's a good bit. But the the person who gathers up the hunting party is another of Reverend Zombie's employees, Justin, who is? Sean's brother. Sean's, but not just Sean's brother, Bob. What is he more more specifically? It's never it's never stated that they are twins. Oh, but he is 100% Sean's identical twin brother. Yeah, he is. Because they are played by the same actor. Same actor. Perry Shen. Yeah, I knew I recognized that name in the fucking title sequence. I was like, "Who is that?" I can't remember who that was. But yeah, it's it's a very funny joke of yeah, and I always love that seeing like the same actor playing a different character, especially mm-hmm. in a horror franchise where that character died. Yeah, it's good, and, and no one else like mentions the fact that they're just the same person. Yeah, it's it's, it's good. It's great, especially when it's also the same character. Like these characters were different, mm-hmm. but you know. Anyways, they reconvene the next night. Basically, like, this whole party comes to, like, Reverend Zombie's house. It's a bunch of people. It's, it's like, a fuckload of people. 20, 30 people. That's a lot of people. And, of course, obviously, the second Reverend Zombie's like, hey, we're hunting Victor Crowley. 500 <laughs> bucks. Most of them leave. Most of them leave. It's In fact, there's really only, funny. what, 
there's only like 10 or 11 people who actually yeah. go into the swamp. And honestly. And two of them are like Reverend Zombie. And Justin. Justin and um, Mary Beth. Yeah. That's and then three. another one of them is just some lady trying to go on this trip because she wants to hang out with this guy. Yeah, but she's actually going for the hunt. I, just I don't like, think she's actually going for the hunt. I just meant three of the people out of that are 11. Yeah. Had to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they go into the swamp and they get killed. Yeah, people die. That's the plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Basically, we just gave you the backstory, which is, I don't know, the first 20 minutes. And everything mm-hmm. else is just swamp time. <laughs> swamp time. There's only one thing else I want to mention here okay. before we get into like actual reviews here. And that's the fact that there is a subplot in this whole intro uh, where we get to learn more about like Victor Kralik's backstory. Yeah. With another flashback. So that's really cool. It is I cool. Just wanted to mention it's very that. cool. All right. Uh, with that over with, I guess we're going to get into our actual comments on the film. Mm-hmm. Straight off the back, practical effects, man, they're good in the original. They're really good. Like they do. I don't know what the. Di- I guess the difference is budget. Yeah, <laughs> so much better in this. I, d- straight up, the practical effects, gore practical effects specifically, mm-hmm. live up to the hype of the first film. Yeah, which was uber gory, uh, but all practical stuff. Mm-hmm. And this film's very much in the same vein. The main difference between this film and the original, and this is a thing, like, overall, uh, is budget. Yeah. This film, just, you can tell, just looking at it, looks and feels a lot more expensive. Yeah. And that's not necessarily, like, a a bad thing. Because, again, you have to remember the first one just, like, well, the first one had a bigger budget mm -hmm. at, uh, like, $1.5 Yeah. So about twice this one, but just looked a lot cheaper. Yeah. And this one doesn't. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's because they just chose to spend their money differently on this one or, like, had access to cheaper materials or something. But, like, all of the kills feel so over-the-top and gross. And they did in the first one as well, but they just look so much more visceral and intense. Yeah. And I, I will say, we watched the rated R version and not the unrated version. Very sad. But all the kills are still there. Yeah, they're still they there. They just... You can tell where they cut scenes, but they're mm-hmm. usually just in the middle where the, the actual kill happens. And they don't take away from it, but there is just, like, some gore missing. I thought that was fine. Yeah, it's fine. I do want to talk about, I guess, the the appearance-wise. Mm-hmm. I think this film's a lot more approachable than the first film. Yeah. Because, as I just said, the budget in this one's lower than the first film. But they specifically made this film look less cheap. Mm-hmm. Like, as a stylistic choice. And, um, to be honest, I, it takes away some of the charm if, like... That B-movie kind of low-budget aesthetic is what you're going for. Yeah. However, it is a lot more approachable and fitting for a second film in a franchise Mm -hmm. than that cheap aesthetic. It feels, I said this during the movie, it feels so much more like a film than the original. Like, the original is a film, but it it sort of, like, feels like a cobbled-together sequence of people getting annihilated, which is fun and I enjoy. But this actually has, like, plot and story and, like, characters. Yeah. It's so much more of a movie than the original, which is cool, and I know why they did it. I just... I think you had to do it, though. Yeah. Because the sequel has very different rules than a first film. Mm -hmm. And since you already have the building blocks for a story, you really have to roll with it. And that makes it an actual movie, and you actually have to make it look like that. I think they did a really good job of actually giving, like, a backstory for Victor and, like, doing cool oh, yeah. stuff and giving an overarching, like, story in this one than the first one. Yeah, I already mentioned we get to see a flashback again, and it really does expand on stuff without breaking the rules. Mm-hmm. Pretty great. 
Yeah. You know, aside from that appearance stuff and, you know, gore and stuff, I think the only other thing really to mention here is the fact that characterization in this film and just, like, the characters that are in the hunting party, you know, like, the the main people we get to watch for most Mm -hmm. of the film who go into the bayou are all, personally, I think, a lot more interesting than the first film. Yeah. I think they're about as well written as the first film. However, just as a whole, they're a more interesting cast. I think in part because they're more, well, they're less realistic in this film than mm-hmm. they were in the first film. The first film was like a collection of people just going on a boat tour with a few people that stood out as like just completely over the top, but still realistically there. Like Sean's the really big one. Mm-hmm. In this film, it was a bunch of like, not cartoon characters, but like very stereotypical like horror movie characters. Yeah. Like the horny pair. Well, very specifically the horny woman and the man she's trying to get with. The big silent dude, the goofy idiot. Oh, God, he's so good, though. Tweedledee and Tweedledum. <sighs> Tweedledee and Tweedledum are very good, too. The hulking badass. The hulking, see, that was the cool one. He was actually cool. I'll give Justin. Him that. <laughs> Justin's there. Reverend Zombie's there, too. Yeah, just, but a lot more interesting, and that just made all the dialogue between the characters, I think, a lot stronger than mm-hmm. it was in the first film. Well, also, like, they did a very good job of pairing them off into different sections of people that bounce off of each other really well and yeah. interact in funny ways that make, let me be honest, the dialogue in the first one is fine. Fine. And, like, the characters are fine. But this one, they're a lot more dynamic, mm-hmm. and they work over each other a lot better, and it just makes it feel a lot better when you're, like, in the first one, when you're kind of stuck with, like, one or two people, it's pretty boring. You're just waiting for, you're basically just waiting for Victor Crowley to right. show up and kill somebody. But in this one, it's like, oh, I'm entertained by what they're saying. They're actually, like, being entertaining during these these moments of downtime that aren't just violence. Exactly. I think in part it's because like because these characters are a lot more unique, you care about them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, I, I do think the dialogue was about a similar quality as the mm-hmm. first film. Yeah. Um, but in the first film, we really only care about Ben, uh, his friend. Wow, what's his name? I don't remember his name, man. I genuinely um, don't. It's been so long since we've seen that film, I genuinely could not tell you. I only remember Ben because it's your name. Marcus. That's his name. Yeah, but we really only care about Marcus, Ben, Mary Beth. Yeah, Mary Beth. And Sean, because he's funny. (laughs) Sean is very funny. Uh, And, like, their dialogue between each other is all interesting, but everyone else kind of sucks. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention? I mean, I don't really have a lot to say about this film because it's simple, like, and plot-wise. Yeah. Like, because it's a slasher film, and it's also a sequel slasher film, so Mm -hmm. all the groundwork's been done. And, like, the first 20 minutes are the setup for this film. Yeah. Okay. But it's really just a continuation of the first film. I will say, there's a lot of really good callbacks to the original film in this. Yes. Lots of really good, like, setup stuff that, like, especially, I guess sort of spoilers, but in the cold open, there's something that's really, really fucking funny. Mm -hmm. There's also a moment where, I don't know if I should spoil this or not. Don't. Well, it's the, but you didn't even catch it. Like, as someone who's seen that film multiple, you didn't even catch that shit. Yeah, but I have a bad memory. You get, they used a similar trick they used in the first film to save money. And it's um, so good. Which Bob was, uh, apparently, specifically was like, is the exact same it's shot. It's the exact same shot. From the first film. Yeah. Basically, in the first film, that you reuse a shot multiple times, and it reappears in this film in a very funny moment. And I think, again, that's mostly because this film, rather than a sequel, is kind of doing the Halloween 2 thing of it's a continuation. Yeah, and I think it does a very good job of being a continuation of the first film but adds a lot of actual story and movie elements to it. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, it takes off right where the last film ended, which it does a very good job of because it's a different main lead actress in mm-hmm. that scene. Yeah. And they have to, like, reshoot and everything. Anything else? We haven't talked about Victor Crowley. 
I don't know if he oh. he doesn't. I don't know if he looks any different. He feels different in this. I mean, the makeup's a little bit different. The makeup's a little different, but he just looks a lot grosser, I guess. Maybe that's because we watched the original in SD. Because Did we watch that was, it in SD? I think we had to. I think we had to because it's the only thing we could find Which it. might also affect like how we viewed that first one. Yeah. Like, Quality-wise. Mm-hmm. But uh, once again, Victor Crowley still looks awesome. Kate Hodder does a great job. Yeah, and I, I think the big thing, though, is he's a lot more focused on in this film. Oh, yeah. Because it's a sequel, and in the first film, and this is a, this is a classic slasher thing, um, which Bob isn't necessarily super familiar with now, but in like, the original slasher, it's usually more about the characters, but once you get to the sequels, it's it's more about the, the slasher mm-hmm. himself. Slashing. And so you usually tend to do more close-ups on them. Yeah. Uh, in this case, that happens too. So a lot more like close-up shots of Victor Crowley's face and everything. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it seems grosser. Yeah, but still very good. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I I don't want to I don't want to put this out there, but like right, he might be number one slasher for me right now that I've seen. Well, yeah, because like wh- who you're am I standing sitting on? on? Michael and him. And Michael after two is pretty whatever. So <laughs> how the mighty have fallen? How Bob's the mighty opinion. have fallen? <sighs> All right. Anything else? We haven't talked about. I mean, we kind of talked about it, but uh, not that the acting in the first one is bad. It just it feels a lot stronger in this film. Like because you're get like because it's like actually a movie. Feels like there's actual emotion from these people, and like not that it's amazing, but it's a lot. It's a lot better. <laughs> it feels a lot better, at least to me. Like especially coming from Mary Beth and oh god, Bob? Uh, Kane Hodder. Oh, like the flashbacks with Kane Hodder are actually like, man cries. Like you oh know, yeah, he cries. But I mean, Kane Hodder's great. So. Kane Hodder's just great in general. I can't wait to meet that. So man. is Tony Todd. Tony Todd's also good. But like I don't know, the acting just feels a lot more genuine. Genuine in this film than in the original, because the original it's just like people getting murderized. <laughs> So, like, it's fine. My favorite. Yeah, it's great. Like, I like watching that. But this one, because it's actually a movie that has a story, the the acting feels more nuanced, I guess, which is a plus. Yeah. That's it. Okay, you're done? Yeah, sorry. Also, yeah, I kept going, anything else, Bob? And you're like, yeah! <laughs> I got more. Anything I, else? I like yeah! This, I like this movie. It's I fun. Know, I just wish you'd say I didn't have to be, like, pulling it out of you like teeth. You. <laughs> Cold War torture session, Bob. Gotta rip him out. Ooh. I also got the car battery with the ah the, the clamps. I don't know. <laughs> um, all right. I guess before we go to our recommendations and our ratings, two funny things I need to mention. Okay. Because I, I, I'm not sure if you've put them together yet, but maybe our audience hasn't, even if you have. First of all, first movie there was a Ben, and in this movie there was a Bob. Mm. Pretty funny. I didn't think about that. Nah, yeah. Oh, why do I got to be the old man? You suck, Bob. I just have an old man name. That's all it is. But I think the most important thing about this uh, movie. <laughs> that wasn't the most important thing? No. And um, uh, I make myself laugh. I'm sorry. Not really a spoiler, but I don't know if you realize this, but this movie is literally Candyman and Leatherface versus Jason Voorhees. God damn, that's crazy. Yeah. I didn't think about that. That's cool. It's just kind of continuing a tradition for the first one, which we got to see Jason <laughs> versus, versus Freddy. Freddy Krueger, yeah. Except, you know, not the movie. We gotta watch that at not some Freddy point. Not Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. Which I've seen that movie. Have you? Yeah, I've seen that one. Oh. Of all of them that You've I've seen. You've seen bad verse like, ones in franchises. I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I mean, it's not bad. It's fun. It has some issues. It, it That is what it is. It's a lot it's of fun. It's fun. It's not a good movie, but, but I But you know what you're going it. in for, for Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, you're gonna watch people die. Bob didn't, but he watched it anyway. Yeah, well... Once again, look, I told you earlier in this episode that I had seen uh, Bride of Chucky. Same friend. He, his family was just really into horror movies. Fair. 
and I would just go to his house. Bad and one to start. They on. would just throw on random ass horror movies. Not that I hate Bride, but like that's a bad one to start. Yeah, I mean it's fine. I know, but you should have just started with Child's Play. Well, I hadn't seen. They were just watching horror <laughs> movies. I know. Like I've seen part of Piranha 3D because they had that on. <laughs> Not like a great franchise, anyways. Yeah, but. Any film where it's the third one and they go 3D. That's also where I watched uh, the Friday 13th remake. Mm, also in his house. Sense. This is all lighting up now. Yeah, I just ended up there and they were watching horror movies. Okay, recommendations. Okay, um, if you like the first one. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. That's a very obvious one, but like, if you enjoy the first one, I think very good you know, continuation of that. If you're a fan of practical effects and gore in movies, I think it's a pretty solid for that too. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you can, watch the unrated version because like you get the full kills, Yeah, obviously. Um, but if you... Ours free, so. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, if you're a fan of slashers and you haven't checked out Hatchet or Hatchet 2, check them out. I think they're pretty decent slashers I mean, it's from a, what I've seen. It's a slasher franchise made for people who like horror and slasher yeah. franchises. So, like, if you're a fan of slashers and you haven't seen either of these films, check them out. Because the kills are ludicrous and over the top. <laughs> and the most, I've seen 40 billion slasher movies. Yeah, they're awesome. Way. They're so fucking cool, They man. are, like... Double-digit Friday the 13th level kills. Yeah. So much blood. Except bloodier. Just like B-movie levels of blood. Yeah. Uh, if you like Tony Todd and Daniel Harris, they're both in this movie and they're cool and they're good. I like both of them in this movie. Also, I'm just... Didn't mention Kane Hodder or... Well, yeah, Kane Hodder's there too. But he... but <laughs> Kane Hodder probably gets more screen time than both of them. Well, yeah, but I, I guess when I think of Kane Hodder, I don't... He's a stunt actor, I know, but yeah, still. Yeah, it doesn't pop into mind, you know what I mean? Because like... He is he is Victor Crowley. He does a very good job, but he's also him. Not he's actually not himself. He's uh his dad, who is what's his name? I don't remember. Thomas, right? Yeah, Thomas Crowley. Yeah. Wow, I knew a name for once. I'm I was surprised you beat me to a name. That's surprising. But yeah, if you like Kane Hodder, Tony Todd, or Daniel Harris, they're all in this film. They're all great. Leatherface and the Leatherface actor whose R. name I can't remember. Mihailov. Oh, that I'm never gonna be able to pronounce that. So he's also in this. He's also good. If you like all those people, they're all horror people, so seeing them all in a movie together is really cool. I don't know if I have any more recommendations. I okay. think that's it. I think you covered all mine. Like, if, if you've seen the first one, you liked it, go watch yeah. this one, especially because it's, like, a direct continuation. Mm-hmm. Good back-to-back film here. If you like slashers and, like, practical gore, great for that. Again, find the unrated version if you can. It Because the uh, emphasis of the this film is the kills, you really want to see the full cut of them. The R-rated version isn't bad per se. Like, it's definitely watchable. You had a good time. It was fine, yeah. But, like, the more the better in this type of film. Oh, yeah. And I think, really, the big recommendation when comparing to this to the first film is, like, if you want to see a more polished and approachable version of Hatchet. That's fair. um, That's what this is. Uh, It's basically, they worked out the kinks. Simply because the first movie, it's kind of parodying. Parodying. Yeah, parodying. Oh, my God. <laughs> the first film is a parody of, like, B-movie slashers. Yeah. And so it has a lot of the tropes of those films. Which I like. This film has the tropes of a slasher sequel, which Bob isn't familiar with, but I'm just telling you right now. So they're two different beasts, and at the end of the day, a slasher sequel is usually a lot more approachable. And that's why this one is. That's why there's a different feel anyways. Because it's, it's, it's basing itself on a different type of film. Mm, okay. If you're wondering about the differences. So, yeah, for that. And then, obviously, the last one is uh, you want to see all these famous people mm-hmm. on screen together. It's great for that. Because at the end of the day, this is a horror film made for horror fans. 
there's a lot of funny jokes in there and references. Uh, like one guy's like, I'm from this town, which just happens to be the same town that um, Leslie Vernon's from. Yeah. And he even mentions Leslie Vernon, which is another slasher villain from a, <laughs> At one point, a great film. One of the guys goes, what is this Victor Crowley? Some kind of Jason Voorhees. And the guy goes, kind of. The same guy who's from the same town as Leslie Vernon. Yeah. Chad, Chad, right. Yeah, yeah. Chad. Stupid fucking Yeah, name. lots of little references and jokes. Uh, I mean, hell, even the fact that, like, Candyman and a Leatherface actor mm-hmm. and are all going against uh, Jason Voorhees is, is, a, is a joke put in there for horror fans. And the child survivor of Michael's attacks. Right, yeah. All stuff that's in there because it's a film made for a, a certain group of people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ratings, Bob. Okay, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hide this from the audience. Ben and I did not remember what we gave Hatchet when we rated that. No, film. because that's been months. It's been forever. So we listened to the episode and found where not the whole thing. We just found where we rated it. Let me be honest. I give Hatchet a three. Yeah, you gave it a three. My rating was a one point five, which is a I can't believe you gave it that. No, makes perfect sense because I said while well, giving that rating, like I like this film. Because I am in the target audience for this film. Yeah. And it like as someone in the target audience, I'd rate it a four. But as like a general audience, which like how I try to rate these, I try to be objective, I have to give it a one point five. Because it's it's a really, really unapproachable film. It is, it is. Because like besides all the gore and stuff, which some people have problems with, it's has a lot of like low budget charm. Oh, but I love that's it. only charming if you like that. I and if love you it. don't like it, it's just really bad. Mm-hmm. Like that joke where they just they they the joke they had in this film because it was literally scene for scene from the first film we mentioned it earlier is a budget saving method that's like super crappy but really funny after the sixth oh, time you've seen it. Hilarious! I laughed so hard when it happened. Anyways, go ahead, Bob. So I gave the original a three. Yeah. And I only gave it a three because, on God, I would have given it a higher score. No, I think you agreed with me where you're, like, probably a four. Yeah, probably a four. you personally. Yeah, because I just enjoyed that movie and I like the charm. This movie is missing the charm of all the B-movie bullshit, okay? Which makes me want to bring my score down. But it's way more of a movie than the original. Like, it, it takes all of the parts of the original and polishes them to make them more approachable for a different audience which I appreciate because it means that more people can watch this film and then get into the genre. All the kills are still over the top. They're all still bloody disgusting. They're all still there. I think I'm going to have to give it a three and a half, mostly because of, like, it just takes all of the parts that the original set up and polishes them, gives us more Victor Crowley backstory, which I like. All the acting is good. I enjoy seeing, you know, Daniel Harris in another film. I like that Tony Todd has more of a role in this film as Reverend Zombie. It's I I think he's pretty great. I like him a lot. Yeah, Tony Todd's always great. Yeah. Kane Hodder gets some non-Victor Crowley screen time as Thomas Crowley doing more, like, acting actual stuff. And I, I think because it's more approachable, I, I'm going to give it a three and a half. Also, I think a lot of the practices look a lot better. Yeah. They're a lot more refined. They're a lot more, I don't want to say unique, but interesting because like the first film you know hack and slash this one it's like my god they just did that (laughs) yeah so i think i have to give three and a half okay and that it's i'm just gonna ask because we talked about this already for the first one is that like a three and a half both on like approachability but also on your personal enjoyment yeah okay so like they're they're actually the same thing this time yeah i liked it i think i probably enjoy the first one more but i still enjoy this film a lot okay fair enough i it's gonna be one of those rare times where i rate it higher than bob Really? I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Okay, so I, I need to, s- to come right off the bat and say that I think I might enjoy the first film a little bit better than this one. I know I said it, like, 
and we just talked about how I would have rated that one a four. So technically, probably like the same rating mm-hmm. in enjoyment levels. But I do enjoy that one a little bit more uh, because like target audience stuff. But I do think this one deserves a four in part because it's a lot more approachable. Like all the characterizations a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's easier to watch. Uh, everything feels a little bit more polished and it's quick to the uptake. And just like overall a higher quality movie. And so I don't think there's a lot of the issues there that like really took away what two and a half points <laughs> yeah. on my original review. Jesus Christ. Point being is I like I think this film easily makes it to a three. Like it's a it's a good good sequel. Oh yeah. Uh, it's pretty solid. But I think the real reason that I think it, it gets more than a three and it goes above and beyond is because, as I said to you earlier, Bob, this film is like a really good summation of slasher sequels, mm. which you're not familiar with, but I am. And it, it really just does a lot to encapsulate that. Just like the added goofiness and like gore and then just focus on the killer and less on the main characters. Mm-hmm. Just all the little stuff you expect from a slasher sequel was parodied here to like very good levels. Like even all the characters we get to see are just like classic sequel archetypes. You know, very bare bones like slasher characters that you expect to be victims. Basically, this film does what the first one did, which is like parodied a genre or not a genre, but a group of films in the slasher genre. Mm-hmm. But it does so while being a lot more approachable to not only a general audience, but like fans of horror in general Mm -hmm. because while i really really like the low budget b-movie aesthetic of the first one in fact i find a lot of the low budget jokes in that film very very funny oh they're so funny and i i kind of miss it in this film and i find this film a lot less funny for that reason yeah that's how i feel that's why i didn't give it a four but it it does manage to have all those homages while still being like a good film Mm -hmm. and i mean there hell there's some goofy kills in this film (laughs) <laughs> you know i just i just mind slang for bob that one made me that one and that's just ugh. some of the beautiful stuff you see in like sequels and so yeah. that was great so yeah four yeah I, I i think the only reason i couldn't give this one a four is because i just wanted more of that more of that b-movie bullshit from I the know, original but i think that's unfair because that's not what this film is going for and that's fair but I guess I guess this is a situation. You and your goddamn expectations. But that's fair because it is a sequel, and you there expect is. more of the same. I was about to say that I expected more of the same from a sequel, and I'm not wasn't disappointed. Like I enjoy this film a crap ton, and I think it's really fun, and I get why they didn't do all of that B movie B movie stuff. But I was wanting it a little bit. Fair. There's def- but there's a different tone in this works. Yeah, it's I, yeah. I will say, in the grand scheme of things, I think they're both really good films. Oh yeah, they're very comparable. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a Halloween Halloween two situation though. Where probably the best way to watch this was be straight back to back. Oh, for sure. Because the tonal shift works. Because mm-hmm. the cold open for this film works as a very good transition from the grimmer, low budget, like character focused first movie mm-hmm. to the second film, which is more slasher focused and goofy. Yeah. Good transition. Good way to watch it back to back. Oh, like yeah. It. So that's how I'd recommend watching it. And I think, irregardless of which one you probably will enjoy more, watching them together will give you the best experience. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I could totally see that after watching the cold open. Especially for, like, little jokes that this film makes that are references to the first one are going to hit a lot harder because it's fresh in your mind. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the outtakes. Yeah. I guess guess we'll see you guys in a minute. 
Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our view of Hatchet 2 so far. I really like this film. I think it's super, super fun and a really great continuation of the series. But if you do know what any spoilers from this outtake section, please skip to an hour, 14 minutes, and 38 seconds immediately. This first clip is Ben and I realizing our mistake and going back to watch the cold open. Yeah. You know what our issue is? What? We started like 10 minutes into the film. Oh, what? What happened? I think Amazon skipped the beginning. Okay, well. But we saw the intro. No, we didn't. It, we missed the cold open. What I, the I, fuck? I just went back. We're going to watch the cold open and then we'll... Okay. Sorry. What the hell? I thought this was going to be like a Blackwater situation. You somehow clicked on the wrong movie. No. I was just like... I was watching it and I was like, this doesn't seem right. Oh my god. Him in HD is scary. Victor Crowley in HD is terrifying. It's the end of the last movie. Oh yeah, here it is. Because you were like, how did she get here? Ooh. This next clip is our reaction to Jack Cracker giving Mary Beth some piss. Well, Jack Cracker, you're lo you look a little crazy. <laughs> piss. It's his piss. <laughs> Don't drink his piss. <laughs> Don't drink his piss. <laughs> oh, God. The most stressed you've been in a while. I just don't want to see her drink his piss. This next clip is our reaction to Jack Cracker finding one of the only things left of Doug Shapiro. At least he stopped her from drinking a pee. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> oh, is this? Oh, it's all the porn from the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. At least Lang survived. <laughs> At least something survived. Doug's legacy. A skeezy fucked up legacy. Bad softcore porn. This next clip is our reaction to Jack Cracker finally meeting his end. You're gonna shoot a ghost? It works. I know. It's not a real ghost. He is. He's, he's not. Though. What do you mean he's not a real ghost? Well, a real ghost wouldn't be as physical as he is. He's more of like a revenant slasher. Oh. Oh my God! Jack Cracker, he's pulling your insides out. Holy shit! This is the R version. <laughs> Oh, I want to own this on Blu-ray. I already want this movie. <laughs> Being choked out by your own intestines? Jesus Christ. That's hard, bro. It popped his noggin! This next clip is my reaction to Sean using Justin's classic tricks. I think she was lying. I half expected uh, 
Victor Crowley to be on the other side of that door and just kill that guy. <laughs> no, he has to stay in the swamp. <laughs> He's doing a fucking French accent. Oh my god, I hate him. This is incredible. Jesus Christ. That guy right there? Yeah. He played uh, Leatherface. Oh, that makes sense. Look at him. <laughs> this next clip is our reaction to some gratuitous violence. Oh, my God. Come on. You're really going to leave Chad to die, Cletus? Oh. Oh, my God. It's just stab, like, pummeling with the bottom side of the axe. Right in the no, face. No, I think that's the top of the axe. That's what I mean. Like, not the not the, the blunt end of the axe. Well, no, the sharp end of the axe. He's just hitting him with the blunt side of it. That, the that's top what I just said. Oh, it's a lot of blood. Oh, yeah. Oh, Did what even that impact? Like, his whole face went inwards And there. then he coughed after. <laughs> it was awesome. This next clip is our reaction to the death of Cletus. What is this, like... He's trying to start his boat. I know. He tried the, the manual start, or the automatic start, and that's not working, so... Oh, there he is. Was that a Wilhelm scream? Yeah. Awesome. Gotta use it. Oh, God. Oh, not not boat propeller. Not the propeller. No, Cletus! Cletus, no! Oh. Oh. That's brutal, man. Oh, my God. His whole face was gone. This next clip is our reaction to people trying to have sex in the worst of places. What the hell? This lady's getting naked in the swamp. <laughs> what was that? Swamp sex. Swamp sex? I don't want to... No, swamp sex ain't no good. That's how you get a tick where the sun don't shine. Uh-huh, or a leech. Or a leech. Or a skeeter. A skeeter. On your peter. Whack it off. Mm-hmm. This next clip is why you shouldn't have swamp sex, and also a really funny callback to the first film. There it is. That's what I was waiting on. Oh! Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is why you don't have swamp sex. It ends horribly for everyone. I don't think this is why you don't have swamp sex. No, this is definitely why you don't have swamp sex. I think there's other reasons. Oh, she just got an axe right in her fucking ass. All the way through her chest. Oh my god, that's fucking gnarly. Oh, it's stuck. Just pull the axe out, Victor. Oh, <laughs> that's a good callback. <laughs> oh, that was that was actually really funny. 
This next clip is our reaction to another one of Victor Crowley's ridiculous weapons. Mm, it sounds like a, a motor starter. <laughs> I love that John still hasn't said a word. He just mouthed, what the fuck? Is that a fucking chainsaw? A very, 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 oh very long chainsaw. Oh my god, that is a long... What the fuck? That's a really, really long chainsaw. That's an insanely long chainsaw. Ludicrous, in fact. I think that's the point. They're really putting a lot of holes in this man. Oh! John just got his junk oh, sawed. Oh, they both did. Oh, they're both getting their junk sawed. Oh, they're their balls. Oh, my God. The blood spray on that's gnarly. Nice. This next clip is our reaction to Leatherface versus Jason Voorhees. Oh, the chair. It's like a fucking WWE match. Oh. Oh, my God. Yo. Oh. What a clean fucking kill. <laughs> oh, the eyes blinking is a little much, but that was awesome. Yeah, but it fits the aesthetic of this film. Oh, yeah. This next clip is our reaction to Candyman versus Jason Voorhees. <laughs> Reverend Zombie phases off with fucking Victor Crowley? What the fuck? If you had asked me what, what happened to Hatchet 2, I never would have guessed. They took such a nothing side character and made him relevant. Oh. Also, it's Tony Todd, so it's cool. Oh, he's getting... Oh, my God. Holy shit. Oh, is he going to get completely... Yeah. He's cut in half. Hell, yeah. He's still crawling. He's still going. Oh, he's ripping his fucking spine out. Holy shit. That's brutal, dude. Oh, no, he just de-skinned him. That's so much worse. Hi everybody, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. I don't know how many there are, but I'm sure there are quite a few. Lots of laughing. Well, maybe. Lots of laughing and lots of, oh my god. <laughs> Alright, we don't really have many announcements. Obviously the classic, go watch us on Fridays. Those are board episodes. But for this thing, we're doing Victor Crowley Wednesday, Hatchet 3, Monday. Oh, Victor Crowley falls between Hatchet Two and three? No, I just did those backwards. I said Wednesday and then Monday. Okay. I I didn't fuck that up. Well, I oh. fucked up the order I said them in. But you I, confused me as well. I did, did. The, I did do them in the right dates. Okay, so. Since I was apparently confusing, Hatchet 3 is Monday. Yep. Okay, Bob? Yep. And then Victor Crowley's Wednesday. I don't know why you're telling me this. This is for the audience, not me. You get confused sometimes. I do get, look, dude, I, I don't want to. I am gonna out myself on a on a episode. I um I said something was coming out after something else, and I was wrong. Yeah, had to fix that in the edit. 
<laughs> I was like, that's not right. I know. I had to bleep something, too, because of you. That was your fault. Yeah, but Look, it gets really confusing when we're recording 17 billion episodes a week, and then we have to release them. I feel like we're so ahead on, like, recording sometimes. But we're not. But we're not. We're just releasing four episodes a week, so (laughs) we have just, like, six recorded at a time. Yeah. Like, no, we're just a week. We've just done our week. Yeah, we're just done for the week, man. (sighs) Okay. Anyways, announcements aside, usual stick. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other pod places. We're also on YouTube, which maybe not the most convenient place to watch us, but it's there. It's like big benefit besides the fact that it's a video. Quotation marks there. Is that like you can uh, show us some love and we can see it. Like, you know, you can subscribe. You can like videos. Heck, you can hit the bell. To notify you whenever we upload, that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the big thing about the comment section for videos is that you can communicate with us. Mm-hmm. It's a big benefit of YouTube there because it's one of the only two places you can communicate with us. Unless you have my phone number. There mm-hmm. and Twitter. If you have my phone number, don't be texting me about this show. Twitter sucks. So, like, okay, the better you son of a bitch. So, yeah, you know, leave us some movie recommendations. We need them. Category recommendations, Or category too. recommendations. That's probably more helpful than movie recommendations. Yeah. Because we're kind of controlled by the format here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like Ben was saying, check us out on Twitter, at Beware the Board. Basically, anything you want to know about the show, I post it on our Twitter. Updates about the show, news about the show, all goes on our Twitter. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that week's episode, which is basically a hidden movie cover that you can reveal so you can see the episode. Or see the episode. Jesus Christ. I can't talk. See the movie, and you can watch it before we do on the episode, so that whenever you listen to the episode, you don't get any spoilers, or we're being really vague about stuff, or like beating around the bush. You kind of know what we're talking about. Makes for a better listening experience. And then on Fridays, or whenever an episode goes live, which is a lot lately, three to four times a week, I put a tweet with a link to the episode, so you can click on it and go right to the episode. So if you're missing an upload or wondering when something went up, it's on our Twitter. Last thing, TikTok. We are doing short-form content now on YouTube Shorts and on TikTok, at Beware the Board, for both. So if you're into short-form content or short-form content's your thing, I'm putting episode, episodes, like clips out on there usually. I've actually been going through and re-scrubbing old footage to get original new content for those two platforms. So if you're looking for new stuff from the show, check us out on TikTok and YouTube Shorts. I think that's it. Yeah. All right. I guess uh, see you guys next time. Stay out of the bayou.